Happy Monday and welcome to the Reading the Bible is Easy-ish podcast. We are so glad you're joining us this week. Uh, wherever you found us, do us a favor and like the show and subscribe. Uh, this week, Harrison and I are joined by a friend who I, I tried Grayson for like 15 minutes to try and write a description of you or write some sort of bio of you. <laughs> and so what I ended up saying is that you defy description because it took me way too long. So Grayson Hester, welcome into the show. My, my four wing is jumping for joy right now. Like <laughs> I'm indescribable. I, mm. I am what Chris Tomlin's saying about. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Truly have arrived, but I, I am glad to be here. <laughs> So uh, Grayson and Harrison and I all went to undergrad together at Carson Newman. Um, Talons up. Talons up. I don't know if we still want to claim that place at times, but uh, oh, we did true. go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Harrison and Grayson, you all have history in Atlanta together and history that's continuing Con to blossom. Continuing, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So Grayson and I went to McAfee together. Um, and then now we work together at the faith community. That's a place where Grayson, you've been there a few years at this point, right? At the faith community. Mm -hmm. since um, I think January 2019 so okay. getting on three years yeah yeah and I have been there a month um so joining joining Grace in the work he's been doing there for a while and Harrison you've had several guests on I think right from the faith community yeah Christian Smith and Tierney Jordan um are both oh, nice. also um at the faith community yeah uh, Grayson, we like to ask every guest who comes on the show some form of this question um how do you approach reading the bible to be quite honest, ever since graduating um, from my master's program at McAfee, where Harrison and I were together um, in May, I haven't been reading too much of it. <laughs> uh, my approach has been to let it, I guess to use Bible sounding terms, to let it lie fallow, um, to, have <laughs> to have some time for the land to rest. Um, but when I do read the Bible, um, that's a good question. I approach it by, I guess, keeping at the fore of my mind that I, I am approaching it, that it's not something that has some objective, um, implacable, uh, never changing set in stone truth that like, it has a different meaning to me, because I am the only me that has ever existed. And you, Hogan, and you, Harrison, are the only yous that have ever existed. So it's inherently going to have a different meaning for me um, than it would be for, for, would have for anyone else. Um, so I think, you know, and we can use theological terms like uh, what hermeneutic are you approaching it with or what biases or lived experiences are you reading um, through? What lenses are you reading it through? Um, but I think it's just important to know that like, I have a dialogue with this text that no one else can have. Um, but then it is one that should be done in community um, because that can easily become narcissistic and megalom megalomaniacal. <laughs> um, but a more specific answer is I usually find myself um, privileging in like my study and in my own reading um, and have become trained in. So it's almost reflexive, like lenses of like womanism, which is uh, for and by black women, um, queer readings, um, a lot of the readings that I learned at McAfee. Um, so even moving beyond just like what, what do I as an individual um, see in this text? It's like, what do I as an individual who has now been informed by other individuals read in this text? 
Um, so I guess the shortest answer is I approach it as the conversation was always meant to be. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm curious to it coming from uh, me personally coming from a, a deeply evangelical background and then moving into uh, less evangelical spaces. Uh, I, I do have something deeply ingrained in me and I've, I've had these, uh, these times too where I, I let the Bible lay, especially when I've not been in seminary. Um, mm. But I have this this reflex to say that that is bad to ever put it aside <laughs> as bad. I don't know if you you guys can uh, can sympathize with that or understand that. But uh, but could you just speak a little bit about letting it rest and mm. stepping away from it? I think that's I think that's sacred and that's beautiful too. But I'm I'm curious what that season's been like. Hmm. Well, thank you. That's a that's a good question. Um, so I'm fortunate that I didn't grow up in. I think I was like evangelical adjacent. Um, like, you, you know, those like memes online where it's like this song, but it's playing in the other room. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was my experience with evangelicalism. Like I could still hear the music, but it was in the, the other room. Um, and so I haven't really ever had that reflex. Like even when I was, I remember when I was in high school um, and I inexplicably was working with the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Athletes leadership team at my high school where I interestingly enough had to sign a like pledge that I condemned homosexuality I didn't believe it even then but I was like oh well (laughs) (laughs) um but I remember I was tasked with um leading like the weekly devotion or something and I remember talking to our good friend Dave McNeely um (laughs) and who was at the time my youth minister And I was like, I think what I want to do is like have a Bible and then like throw it on the ground because of how people like idolize this book over God. And he was like, well, you you could maybe do that, but (laughs) let's try something else. So then I did like Hebrews 12, where it's just like run the race with endurance athletes. Um, (laughs) So I really like have had an interesting relationship with the Bible where it's never been my favorite part of the faith or it's never been the part of the faith that I feel allows me um resonant and open access to God like I don't discount it and I do love it in ways but it's just never really captured that interest for me so for me to let the Bible lie that is like my reflex I have to remind myself that there's beauty in it and that I need to to I need to and want to keep it as like a central tenet and practice of my faith. Um, but yeah, like the Bible, like even in, in seminary a um, few months ago, like we'd get deep into biblical studies and I and another classmate would just kind of just start to like fall asleep because we're just like, we just really aren't that interested. <laughs> um, but as far as like letting it lie, even beyond like my personal preferences. Um, I think anything that that starts to speak louder than like the one who spoke the word, like mm-hmm. the word predated it being canonized, the word predated and will outlast it being published and bound and written in red and black letters. Um, and so if the Bible for me is louder noisier than the word and the one who spoke it god and speaks it god 
um, then I think letting it rest is almost like turning off all the noise of your life when you start to feel anxious or like turning off the noise to meditate um, because God is not the Bible and it is but one way in which we access God and find God. And I find God in more in ways that are more compelling to me. Yeah, I love that contextualization. And, and such a healthy <laughs> thing for me as a, a recovering evangelical to, to hear. <laughs> yeah, so, my guilt. so much so much of what you said, Grayson, just like wasn't an option for me. Like the idea yeah. of the Bible not being central, like that, that's not a choice. Like it, the, mm. I was raised in a way in which the Bible was central and was the literal word of God, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so it is, it is helpful to hear from you even now um, that like, yes, the Bible is important. Yes, the Bible is a pathway to God. Yes, the Bible is a spiritual practice, but not the and the only. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, beautifully said. Uh, and with no puns, I could be a little disappointed, but I'm not. It's okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to uh, <laughs> the scripture portion of the podcast. And so each uh, episode, we engage a short passage of scripture. Uh, doing it with zero preparation. This week, we are again going to read from the New Revised Standard Version. Um, we are in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. So again, Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Grayson Harrison will spend just a few minutes here reacting uh, and, and sharing what we heard. So Harrison, we'll start with you as we normally do uh, and then bounce to, to you, Grayson. <laughs> what did you hear when you heard this passage read? Um, the first thing that I heard was there in verse uh, 18, the do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. I, this juxtaposition that I think we see a few times in the New Testament of being drunk with wine and being drunk with the spirit, right? This is something we hear from Peter and the Pentecost story when the people um, say Peter uh, uh, claim that accused Peter of being drunk and Peter says, no, it's only 9 a.m. Um, I'm filled with the spirit. Um, and just this idea, A, that Peter doesn't say, no, of course not. But, you know, he cites the time as the, his reasoning. But like, it's, it's just interesting to me the way that I, I feel like this, this happens a lot, that the, the action, the movement of the spirit is compared to and juxtaposed with alcohol. Um, and, I, and I think that's interesting because I think that's a different conversation than the temperance movement in the United States historically and even continued conversations around alcohol within evangelicalism. Um, it just feels like a very different conversation. And it also makes me think about what does it look like when people are full of the spirit? Um, because I haven't met a lot of people who claim to be full of spirit. And I think to myself, it might be the spirit or it might be something else, right? Like in, in my context, spirit filled usually means quiet and subdued um, and not mm. um, full of life and, and vibrant or or whatever that might look like uh, in this passage. So that's, that's kind of what grabbed the hold of my attention first. I love how this is kind of like Lectio Divina-esque, where it's like, what, what is, or it's like, have y'all seen a, a Beautiful Mind when he's like looking at all the patterns and like mm -hmm. these things shimmer and he's like, ah, that one. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I'll be less delusional than that. Huh. Um, but uh, definitely the, the do not get drunk with wine 
um, for that as debauchery. I, I also just enjoy the word debauchery. Um, word. But so as to not trod upon Harrison's toes. Um, <laughs> um, I think the, so in verse, really verse 15 to 16, um, but the last part of verse 16, because the days are evil, um, I don't know, just, I think why that came up for me or my therapist is rolling around right now because he would be like, how do you feel about that? I'd be like, I think that I, <laughs> so why I feel that that stuck out to me. Like recently um, I was at a family thing and one of my, I guess, uncles, some, some relative said something to the effect of like, uh, well, you know, this is all going to be over soon. And with reference, like they didn't say exactly what they were referring to, but take your pick um, of, of these days. Um, and of course, I just like internally rolled my eyes and tried to remember that the purpose of getting a theology degree is really not to show off what you've learned ever, <laughs> except when you're on a podcast graciously. Um, <laughs> um, but when it says in Ephesians, because the days are evil. Um, the way that I'm reading it right now is just like, it reminds me of something that Richard Rohr said towards the beginning of the pandemic that like, we're not special. Like this is just kind of part of being alive in this kind of complicated, chaotic ecosystem of life. Like pandemics happen, they've happened before, they're happening now, they will happen again we're not really that special. Like it's hard and it's a unusual time. Um, but it, it, there's almost like a sense of entitlement where it's like, this is harder than anything else any human has experienced. So it must end soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As if like slavery never happened or colonialism or, or is happening. Um, but it's like, when my white feelings get hurt, God, please end it all. <laughs> yeah. um and so i think it's just like a humbling thing that like the days are evil there will always be evil um there will always be bad times and of course paul whichever paul is writing this one um <laughs> you know was pretty was writing pretty constantly under the specter of the world is about to end soon jesus is coming back soon so get right um and so it's humbling because like Paul was wrong. <laughs> as far as I know, Jesus hasn't come back in some apocalyptic, traditionally understood apocalyptic way. Um, and so why do we think that's gonna happen now? Um, and it's humbling just to be like, well, this is, the t this is just the time we're living in. Like it is evil, but it was then too. And I guess that's like maybe a naive way of looking at it, but it just helps me remember that like, not to get super overwhelmed because humanity's made it through and humanity will again. But what the answer isn't is escapism. And as whiteness tends to always do, if we can't get what we want, just burn everything down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you were talking, what, what I was reminded of was uh, one of the things you spoke about when you talked about how you approach the Bible. Um, and that's in community, right? That's one of the things that I, I hear in the subtext of this text, right? Like this, even mm. the book of Ephesians, right? Like traditionally, we, this is written to community, right? This is not written to one person. Uh, and so 
understanding even that this is written to a context where there are people, uh, not person, but people. Um, and so when the writer here says the days are evil, uh, I think one of the subtexts that, I, that I'm hearing or feeling here is that uh, the days are evil, so don't do them alone, <laughs> right? So like Ooh, do these things. Yeah don't be foolish, you know, don't get drunk with wine or do, uh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, right, as you do these things together, do them in the name of God and do them at all times, giving thanks, right? Like, so yes, the days are evil, um, but you're not alone in it. And that's one of the things that I hear here. And I, I'm hearing that as well, uh, in the context of, of your accurate critique of whiteness, um, your accurate critique of whiteness over time, but in the pandemic as well. Uh, escapism is not what's being advocated for here. I don't mm -hmm. think uh, what we're talking about here necessarily is something coming later uh, to deliver us from uh, suffering. Um, it's, it's what are you doing now and how are you being uh, together now? What are you, um, how are you understanding and celebrating uh, God or mourning and uh, lamenting mm. God uh, together. Um, so that's that's what I'm hearing in this text. So shockingly, it happens every time. We've talked for about eight minutes, uh, which is solid. Uh, but I want to ask before we we wrap up: uh, Is there anything here that, if you're going to spend more time with this text, if you're going to dwell on it for? Um, the next week, the next couple of days, that you would want to look deeper into something that's holding on to you that you'd want to think more about. Uh, so, Grayson, starting with you, I'm curious. Okay, um, let me pull it up again. Sure, sure. Um, I like what you said, Harrison. Oh, I, I loved what you said too, Hogan, about not doing it alone and being together. That was really you beautiful. best compliment both of us. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's the appropriate thing to do now. Let me just swat away what Hogan said and go back to Harrison. Um, but Harrison, I like that you brought up juxtaposition. Um, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, um, which of course there's a pun there. Like, okay, then I just get drunk off vodka. There you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> or other spirits. Um, but, you know, that juxtaposition, because this one, is kind of full of them, right? So it's like mm. making the most of the time because the days are evil. Um, and then giving thanks to God the Father at all times, even under the even in the the understanding that the days are evil. Um, I just think like there's a lot to to chew on there. Um, yeah. So really just that like make the most of your time because the days are evil um and not they didn't say make the most of your time because the days are awesome and time flies and you're having fun mm. um yeah there's a lot there i think i think <laughs> i want to spend a little bit of time with the last part of this of singing the spiritual songs and the psalms and and that assumption that the author here that paul has here that we are they are doing those things right that they are together as you were talking about hogan um and I, and I think that my, my propensity, my inclination is to lean more into the research heady kind of stuff and read books and scholar and academic kind of things. And I think it would be good for me to just sing a song sometimes mm. and, um, and, to, and to just allow that to be a part of my spiritual practice, kind of going all the way back to the beginning of, of our conversation here. 
Um, and I th- and I think I want to spend a little bit of time doing that this week of of not worrying so much about the research and the history and the academics, but just being in community and, and finding better ways to do that um, and and maybe singing a song. Yeah, I love that. I mm. I find myself drawn to uh, just a little phrase at the end of verse fifteen, just unwise people, but as wise. So just what what makes someone wise? And I think that's something. Um, as uh, I've been in this period waiting uh, for a semester to start. Uh, mm. I'm not working. I'm in a new city. Um, my partner, Rachel, is working a full-time job. And so um, I often feel myself uh, wasting time or feeling like I'm wasting time. Uh, and so I've, I've thought a lot about what it means to be wise or uh, wise with, with what I'm doing now. Um, and I'm not sure what to do with that. I'm not sure that there's a a coherent answer to what it means to be wise or what it means to live a wise life. But um, I want to wrestle with that. So that's what I uh, would look forward to mm. in the next week. So Grayson, as we wrap up here, I'm curious, do you have anything you want to plug? Where could people follow you or find you? Or would you like to remain anonymous? <laughs> Is anonymity really a choice in mm. these days? <laughs> You can uh, reach my FBI agent who lives in my phone. At... <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I should shout out um, Lacey Mosley and the Scam Goddess podcast. I stole that joke from her. So I, I should give uh, a Black woman credit. Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, Instagram. So I was one of the lucky ones and got in before anyone else stole my name. So it's just at Grayson Hester. Um, or you can find me Twitter at Grayson underscore Hester, curveball. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Grayson Hester, really making it difficult for y'all. Um, and I do have some other social media profiles, but those are the ones that I keep up with most regularly. Um, but yeah, if you want to find me, I'm happy to be found. Yeah. Grayson, Grayson is a great Twitter follow. I will, I will say Hogan, Aww. Hogan made reference to your, um, to your puns. And I, and I think your puns are legendary, right? Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's something that I feel like follows you. Um, and, and Grayson's Twitter is a great combination of humor and insight. Um, and yeah, strongly recommend that follow to everybody. Thank you, yeah, Grayson. I, I would as that. well. I, I would as well. <laughs> Grayson, especially, uh, I appreciate your cultural commentary uh, and contextualizing it and giving it uh, mm. thoughtful responses. And so anyone who's interested in that, I would particularly uh, recommend if you follow Grayson, go back and look at the um, stuff that, that Grayson wrote around Lil Nas X's. Oh, I'm going to forget the name of the song. Surely you Montero. remember Grayson. Montero, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Grayson did some wonderful commentary on that. So if uh, if you decide to go follow Grayson, I would highly encourage you to go back and read that stuff. It was it was great. So Grayson, well, thank, thank you. you so much for joining us this week. I really appreciate it. Harrison, great to see you as always. And we can we announce that we had talked about for a few weeks that you're you were expecting a child and the child has yeah. come. Yeah, the, the child the child is here. I am now a, a father of two. Um, my wife and I welcomed our daughter, Eloise, um, into the world this past week. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, we're very excited to, to have our, our family all together here. That's awesome. Mm. On that happy note, uh, we are so glad you joined us this week. And again, uh, like and subscribe wherever you found us. And until next week, keep trying to read the Bible. <laughs>